Welcome to the Vintage Church NOLA podcast. Vintage Church is a multi-church, multi-city movement of truth, love, and community. For information, visit vintagechurchmovement.com. Here is this week's message. How y'all doing? Y'all feeling all right? Happy Sunday. It feels good to be here on a Sunday. Hasn't God been good and merciful to you, yeah? Amen, amen. We all have, have experienced the glory of his goodness, and we're going to see a little bit of that this morning. But first, if I haven't met you yet, I'm Pastor Mark Anthony. I'm the arts pastor here, and uh, about once a quarter, I've been preaching against my own will. Uh, pastor Dustin is definitely, uh, he held a machete to my neck. I just want to make that, no, he did not. I'm joking. No, I'm joking. He did not do that. But it feels like it sometimes when he, uh, he, he, he does ask me to do things that I don't want to do. But here's the thing. When... We don't do things, when we do things we don't want to do, when we suffer, uh, there's a blessing in that. When we, when we suffer through some things, there's uh, a real good blessing. And I'm not saying I'm suffering, but what I am saying is there is a joy in doing what an authority asks you to do. Amen. So we're going to explore that a little bit and, um, and uh, flow right on through. So last week, um, Pastor Dustin, in our crossover series, as you see, we uh, explored uh, right before, right, uh, rather we stopped right where uh, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and cast their their uh, the sticks down and 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 it, and it turned into serpents or rather uh, alligators probably as Dustin probably explained last week and uh, and we saw that uh, uh, Aaron's uh, uh, alligator or serpent or whatever you want to call it swallow the magician the um, magicians. And so we stopped right there and we see that there was a couple of things that was going on. But uh, Pastor Dustin left us with something that was really good. And I kind of want to start off um, by starting with that. And he said specifically, everything God does is to reveal his glory that we might see and know him. Again, I'll say that one more time. Everything God does, your, your presence, your being here, your drive here, all that stuff, everything God does it's to reveal his glory that we might see him and know him. And that includes that person cutting you off this morning. It was for you to see him, right? It, it, all, all of this is for his glory. All of this is for all that. And so we see that just with that statement alone, uh, we're going to explore just for right now that God is God and God alone. Can we say that together? God is God and God alone. One more time. God is God and God alone, meaning what it kind of says already, he doesn't need our help for him to be God. And so what does God, what does he think about, about all this? Like, what does this mean? That he's overall, right? He, he is supreme. He is ruler. He is king, and he can't be defeated. He can't be reversed. He can't be stopped. And his will is perfect every time and all the time. And we're going to explore that a little bit um, and this week, we're going to see that through our, uh, the first uh, three uh, plagues, but we're going to call them signs this morning. Our first three signs, uh, right before the children of Israel, uh, they, uh, they left Egypt. And so we know uh, if, you, if you have ever read through Exodus or ever even saw the Prince of Egypt, we saw all these signs that the Lord has showed Pharaoh uh, before they left uh, Egypt. And so these first three, the first one was that water turned into blood. Right? The second one was that f uh, frogs infested 
Egypt, and if you have, I'm pretty sure, and I hope, nobody has a frog infestation in their home. Um, I, can, I can only imagine what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> I can only imagine what it sounds like if you have a frog infestation, but I hope you don't. And the last one, that gnat infested Egypt. And so we're going to explore all this and see what the Lord is telling us about him being God and God alone. So before we go further, I want to kind of just explore this topic of why would this loving, caring God that we know so well, right, that we talk about, we sing about, that we dance and shout about, why would he send a plague on or rather show a sign to Egypt? And we're going to explore that a little bit. But we see in our first scripture, uh, Exodus 7 and 17, I want to read that. And it says, thus says the Lord. By this you shall know that I am the Lord, meaning that it's him speaking. He's that I am Yahweh. I am Lord. I'm over all. I can do all. I control everything. Behold, with the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water that is in the Nile, and it shall turn into blood. So, again, we asked the question, I asked the question before, why would a God that's so loving, that cares about us and, and, and loves us and, and, and thinks highly of us, why would he send a plague? But he says right there in uh, verse 17, by this you shall know, not imagine, not wonder, not guess, but by this you shall know that I am capital L Lord. I'm captain of the boat. I'm supreme. Right? By this you shall know I am am the Lord. And so he had to say this statement for a couple of things. You know, we, we, we've already talked about Egypt's, um, Egypt's culture and uh, Egypt's uh, polytheistic culture and uh, all these gods, they, 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 uh, they celebrated the god of water, right, of sun, right, uh, of moon, all these gods they celebrated uh, for each, for, for very specific things. And so we see God is trying to show them like all these gods you have, by this, you shall know, out of all these gods you may think, all these idols you may have, I am the Lord, and I'm God and God alone, right? So he's trying to prove not just to uh, Pharaoh, but also to the gods of Egypt that he is God, that he's the only true God, that there is no one above him, uh, near him, beside him. Everything is under him, all right? And so uh, Pastor Dustin said this last week, but I want to read it again just so we can know how the Lord's word would never return to his void, that he's always confirming who he is. And so if we read 1 Corinthians 8, uh, verses 5 through 6, it says, For although they may, there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father from whom all are all things and for whom we exist. We exist for God. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. So God's word already said he is Lord. He already said he wants to show Pharaoh, but also the Egyptian gods, as well as the people of Egypt, that he is God. For this, you shall know that I am the Lord. That's why he needs to, to, uh, to, to, to make this plan come into play because he wants to show them exactly who he is. Now, how did he do it? And again, we already answered that question, but he did it through these, through these uh, signs and wonders. But today, we're going to just explore the first three. So the first sign we see, it was water that turned into blood. 
Let's read Exodus chapter 7, verse 19, and then we'll jump to 22 through 25. And it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their rivers, over their canals, canals and over their ponds, and all their pools of water, so that they may become blood, and there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, even in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. Verse 22. But the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts. So Pharaoh's heart remained hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Pharaoh turned and went into the house, and he did not take even this to heart. And all the Egyptians dug along the Nile for water to drink, for they could not drink of water, uh, drink the water of the Nile. Seven full days passed after the Lord had struck the Nile. So we see here now, so water was turned into blood. Pharaoh saw this. The magicians, they recreated what the Lord just did. Pharaoh sat here. He saw it. And so because Pharaoh saw that his, magis his magicians did the same exact thing, he hardened his heart and didn't even take what he just saw the Lord do into account, right? And not only that, this lasted for seven long days. Can you imagine not having any clean water for seven long days? I think some of us experienced that like about a, about a month, a month and a half ago, just about. There was some, some water we couldn't drink, right? And so, it, so we had to be, it was desperate times, desperate measures. The Lord had struck them with blood in the water. They couldn't drink. But the part here that stood out was not really that they didn't have any water, what well, was more so that the magicians, who said that they were empowered by these other gods, right, by, the, by, the, by the, all these other, other uh, uh, spirits and principalities, all, the other, all these other things, these magicians, right, they recreated God's work, but they couldn't reverse God's work. Let that sink in. They can imitate what God did. They can turn water into, into blood. Right. But they couldn't reverse it. Now, the irony about this is these are the same gods that they said empowered them. Right. The same God that empowered them, empowered them to recreate what the Lord did, but didn't empower them to reverse what the Lord did. Let that let that sit in your mind for a little bit. I, I, I want to focus on that in a second. But think about this over that. Now, the Nile River. Right. It's, it's, a, it's the longest river in the world. Right. So we have this, we have this river, and this, this river was life. It's life for Egypt. So now, think about it. The very thing that they produced all their life with the water, right, the work, that's how they got mud. They needed water, right? Their very lively, livelihoods were now taken away, right, because the Lord has struck it. And so now God has just showed them, I have power over your most prized possession, but you still act in the power of someone else. But my power has shown you that over your most prized possession, I have authority over it. Let that sink in. These magicians who are empowered, they say they were empowered. They, they recreate. They can do it, but they couldn't reverse it. So we already see some, 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 
some weakness right there that these gods that they said existed that were strong and mighty that they worship and idolized, they weren't strong enough to compete with the Lord. Let's look at uh, sign number two, frogs infest Egypt. Exodus chapter 8, verses 1 through 2, and then we'll jump down to number 7. Verse 1, then the Lord said to Moses, again, another capital L, go into Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will plague all your country with frogs. But the magicians did the same by their secret arts and made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Again, these magicians, right, they were able to recreate. They, they, they made more frogs as well, and they made more frogs. But mind you, so think about this. I'm pretty, uh, it's almost like if I had a pile of trash, right, and I said, this is it. Why would you add more to the pile of trash if I'm trying to show you how powerful I am? So it doesn't make any sense, right, that they were not only, they couldn't reverse this frog situation. They couldn't reverse this blood situation, but they can imitate it. But again, if you wanted to show how powerful you are, uh, you wouldn't do the exact thing I did. You're going to probably do more, probably do something that, that's a, a little bit different from what I did, right? And so, again, they, they, they reproduced what the Lord had did, but they couldn't reverse it. Common sense would have said, how about you turn the blood back into water? Or how about you take the frogs from the land, since both of these things are big inconveniences to our daily life? But instead, they just, they just did it. They didn't reverse it. So now... So now the Lord has showed them that I am the God over the, your most prized possession. And also, so Egyptians worshipped a God called Hecate. Hecate was the fertility goddess, and ironically, she had a frog head. Truthfully, ironically, she had a frog head. So not only do I have power over your most prized possession, I also have power over what you think is going to help you reproduce. Again, but... Now, instead of, uh, instead of reversing what I did, you're only imitating what I did. Now, the irony about this is, when we, remember when we first got out to Exodus, it was in that same exact river where Moses was, how he was saved from, what, uh, the, uh, the Israelite infancy, uh, a baby's being born, right? So all, all is going on. And it's, so I don't, I don't think it's ironic that God is a, showing them, look, the very thing you thought was going to help you reproduce, not only did I attain it, but now I got all these frogs infesting your land. I have power over what you consider a God. I have power over what you consider gives you power and gives you strength and let you take uh, have, have interest or even a desire or performance in secret arts. God is showing them I have power over your most possession, over your God, right? And so it lets us know that not only is God and he's God and God alone, but he's also God over everything. Say that. He's God over everything. Come on, say it again like you know it. He's God over everything. He's God over everything. There we go. And so, again, he's showing us all these signs. So, um, Moses is seeing these signs, right? Pharaoh has seen it. Aaron has seen it. The people of Egypt have seen it. Even the children of Israel have seen all these signs. Yet Pharaoh still hardened his he still hardened. He did, still didn't want to receive what 
the Lord was doing. Let's look at this third uh, sign and wonder. Uh, the gnats infest Egypt. Let's look at uh, chapter 8, verses 16 through 19. Then the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the earth, that it may become gnats in all the land of Egypt. And they did so. Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff and struck the dust of the earth. And there were gnats on man and beast. I don't know how y'all feel. I don't want a gnat on me. And again, this is like the dust. Not how small a dust particle is. Can you imagine that becoming gnats? And just all over you, everywhere, you can't see. I mean, it was, it was, it was horrible, right? Uh, verse 18, the magicians tried by their secret arts to produce gnats. But, here's the but, they could not. So there were gnats on man and beast. Then the magician said to Pharaoh, catch this, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them. As the Lord has said. So what's different about this one, this uh, sign and wonder compared to the first two, again, the magicians could, could imitate. They can, they can uh, um, make it seem like they were in control and have some kind of power. But this third one, they could not. They could not at all. And guess what? And this was foreshadowed even when, um, when Aaron's staff swallowed the magician's staff, right, uh, uh, last week. Aaron's staff literally swallowed him. He's, so that was letting him know, listen, this God that I serve will swallow up anything, control anything you think you have control over. So, again, Pharaoh's magicians, they could imitate, but they could not reproduce this one. And not only so much, they said this is the finger of God. They recognized by themselves, look, Pharaoh, big dog, uh, I know you're the king and ruler of all, and I know you got all this, and I know we're supposed to, you know, be these, like, cool people. Guess what? We ain't got that much power. We, we, we kind of we do, but we really don't, right? We, we kind of do, but we really don't. So much, again, they said this is the finger of God. But, again, this, is, this, is, this isn't anything new. Look at 2 second, second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. It says, the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all the wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved again pharaoh the magicians they saw the truth and it wasn't their first time seeing it but they refused the truth right and they wanted to create false power and give false signs and wonders and so Right here we see there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a conflict here that we got to get resolved. And so God is basically at this point saying, I'm tired of showing you all who I am. So guess what? The first time, right, we got uh, blood in the Nile. Second time, frogs infest the land. Pharaoh said, I'll let your people go. But he didn't. So now this third time, without warning, God literally sends gnats. He hardened his heart, and he would not receive the truth that was coming forth. So, and here's the honest truth that, that I think we have to receive, too, in our lives. That, you know, we believe, we, we, well, we say we believe, we see all these signs, we see all these wonders, but we still question who God is and if he's all-powerful. But the truth of the matter is, either he's going to be God above all or not God at all. 
He's going to be God above all or not God at all. You can't be God and still be weak. You can't say I'm supreme and still succumb to other powers. But guess what they succumb? The, the, the powers of the magicians, right? The gods that they were, the gods, the gods that they idolized, the gods they say was all powerful. Those gods couldn't even control what the Lord was doing. They couldn't reverse what the Lord was doing. They couldn't stop and say, hold up, let me see if I can even try to make this undone. Because again, these plagues affected, I'm sorry, these signs affected their daily livelihood. So wouldn't the same power that you trust in want to give you a better livelihood, but instead they just duplicated. And so now, again, God is saying, I'm God above all. I'm God of all, or I'm not God at all. And he's proving that he is God and God alone, that he's God above all. And so these idols that these, that these Egyptians have, right, they, they have weak power. And that's true about idols, right? They seem like they're powerful, uh, powerful. They seem like they have full control, but they really are weak. And when you find that loophole, Right, it's so easy to see it, but again, he's going to be God of all, or not God at all. So we see this initially through these first three plagues, right? That God is powerful, and His plan can't be stopped. Uh, all these, uh, uh, all these plagues, if you will, are signs. There were signs to to the gods of Egypt and to Pharaoh that there's only one God, and so we see that because they've seen God's work. They should have been able to trust God's word. But I'm telling you this morning, you can trust God's word because you've seen God's work. You can trust God's word because you've seen God's work. And we all have seen it. The fact that we're here today is a part of God's work. The fact that we got up this morning, got here safely, no accidents, no, no, that's a part of God's work. It's a, it's a sign. And it's a wonder as well. It's a sign and it's a wonder. So both Pharaoh and the magicians come to realize that these gods that they celebrate and love so much, they cannot compare to the Lord, right? They, 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 they cannot compare. Let's look at uh, Exodus chapter 8, verse 8. Then Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said, plead with the Lord. Again, Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron. They didn't come to him. The Lord didn't say, go to Pharaoh Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said, plead with the Lord to take away the frogs from me and my people, and I will let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron to plead with the Lord. So the same person that hardened his heart now is saying, Moses and Aaron, please help me. I realize that my magicians can't do this, and I realize not, I can't do anything about this. Plead with the Lord to take away these frogs from me and my people. Pharaoh now realized that the Lord is real and that he's true to his word. So much so that even when, when Moses asked him, so when should I go to the Lord? And Pharaoh, being as arrogant as he was, know what he said? Tomorrow. Now, ain't that something to say if something that's hurting you, something that's getting you, like, annoyed? And just to prove to Moses, he was like, you know what? I want to see if this is really real. Stop it tomorrow. So Moses went to the Lord on Pharaoh's behalf and said, Lord, please stop this tomorrow. And guess what? He stopped it tomorrow. Tomorrow came for Pharaoh and the Egyptians, right? But 
again, look how much it took for, the, for Pharaoh to realize that. But even, again, even after all this, he still hardened his heart because he did not let the people go. He didn't, so he's seen God's work. But for whatever reason, because he was Pharaoh, because he believed he could rely on his own strength, because he was empowered by false gods, because he believed that anything he can do was untouchable and unstoppable, that he still could not trust God's word, even though he saw God's work. He could not trust God's word, because even after he saw God's work. But catch this, his magician's there. Look at chapter 8, verse 19. It clearly says, then the magician says to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. I got nothing to do with this. My name Bennett, I ain't in it, right? <laughs> All this. Like, they recognize this is the finger of God. I have nothing to do with this. The only one that can save us from this is God. Nothing in my power or my strength can make this happen. So, again, we could trust God wor- God's word because we've seen God's work. And even after Pharaoh saw God's work, he still denied the people of Israel, the chance to go and still harden his heart to what the Lord was showing him. But the magicians, they were smart enough to realize, yeah, this ain't it, <laughs> right? I got I, something else going on that I got to submit to, that I got to lower myself and humble myself to realize there is something that I can't control. There is something here that I can't do on my own. And he was smart enough to go to Moses and Aaron and say, go plead to the Lord, but wasn't smart enough to stay with what they were showing him. He's still hard in his heart. And so it's a reminder that even after these frogs were killed, Pharaoh hard in his heart. For whatever reason, this is sometimes often what we do, too. We say, Lord, help us. He does it. And as soon as it's done, it's back to our own agenda, right? It's back to our own thoughts, our own this, our own power. But the truth of the matter is you wouldn't made it to that moment if it was for your own, if it wasn't for God's power. You, you didn't make it to this point on your own. So why would you go back to your own strength and your own power if it was the Lord's power that, that revived you and relieved you from any kind of suppression and, 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 and inconveniences, right, and hardships? It doesn't make any sense. If it was the Lord that did it the first time, why veer away? And it's something Pharaoh can understand. He can un- understand it. But when you're obedient to God's word, he only has a plan to prosper us. He only has a plan to prosper us, not for us to, to, to be left alone or be wondering about if he's here, if he's with us. He wants to prosper us, but we have to be obedient. We can't be like Pharaoh, hear the word, and then reject it. See the signs, reject it. Right? Ask someone to pray for us. And then reject it. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. So it lets me know that truth of the matter is all this suffering, all these inconveniences, all this was only to do one thing, truthfully. Well, two things, really. For God to be revealed and get the glory, right? That's what we said in the beginning. And for God to get Pharaoh's attention. And that's all God wants from us. He wants our full and undivided attention. He uses our suffering to get our attention. He uses our hardships, our heartbreaks, those failed uh, marriages and relationships, right, those friendships, 
for our, he wants our attention. There's something more and something better that he wants to show us, but we can't get to it because we're distracted by the thing we hold on and hold as an idol. That we hold on to our own strength with, right? That we think we can do this on our own. But I don't need God for this right now. I got it. No, 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 no. That's the exact opposite. You need God for everything, no matter how strong or how willing or able-bodied you are. You need him for everything. He wants our attention. Catch this. So last year, I was virtual teaching. And uh, Chris heard it. Dustin heard it. I, I will repeat the same thing over and over and over. For the longest, I thought, maybe, maybe the Wi-Fi here isn't that good. Because I keep repeating the same things over and over. And not just the students, the coworkers as well. Like, these are grown adults. Like, put the Google Drive. Drag it over. No, not that button. Click it. Like, trust me, it was a lot. It was a lot. And so uh, a school I teach at is NOCA. And um, it's a performing arts high school. And where I teach, I teach in music. And so I teach uh, jazz, classical music, and uh, classical voice. So opera uh, and a theory about all this stuff, right? So uh, I had uh, some of my vocal students. It baffles me because this school is a very selective school. Uh, you have to audition to get in. You can't just come up and say, oh, I want to be in. You got to audition. You got to be the best of the best. Like, essentially, if you're a student there, someone else isn't there because you are. Because, again, you have to audition. But it baffled me so much because I would have students here that audition, but I had to beg them to sing. You're only here to do one thing. And I got to beg you to do it. I'm, that, it baffles me so much. But, and after giving all these chances, after saying, hey, man, I know it's a pandemic. I know we're virtual. I know it's not as fun as it could be. But at the end of the day, all this will show you, like, in the future, all this will make sense. Now, what point is going to make? I do not know. Because I feel like everything that happened to me in my past is starting to make sense more now than it did ever before. Now, what purpose will this virtual singing do? I do not know. But because you're here, we're going to do it. That wasn't good enough for them. So naturally, what I had to do, unfortunately, I failed about three to five students last year. Unfortunately, I did. Uh, I feel bad. Not really, though, because they didn't do anything. But I felt bad for a little bit, and then, and then I realized, you know what? Uh, it's okay. Because at the end of the day, because they failed, I got their attention. And those three to five students are literally some of the best and brightest in my class right now. Not because they're repeating the course, but mainly because they realize that I will fail them. I will. And the reason being, because I need them to know that I'm rooting for you, that I'm on your side. But I need to get your attention to, let, to, to serve as a reminder that you are not above this. You're not that great. You still have some growing up to do. Which is a reminder that we can choose our actions, but we cannot choose our consequences. We can choose our actions, but not our consequences. So guess what? And, and, and what I mean by that is, catch this. Uh, before the Nats, again, I told you the Nats came without warning, right? It just happened. Before the Nats, Pharaoh was giving two warnings. Moses went to him early, early in the morning, and I don't find it ironic that the Lord told Moses and Aaron, go see Pharaoh in the morning, because his mercies are new every morning, right? So he gave him a warning in the morning. I like that. It's a hashtag. A warning in the morning. Literally, he really did. He gave him a warning. He said, yo, you need to do this. Let these people go. Or uh, here's what I'm going to do. Pharaoh hardened his heart. Sign number one, blood in the Nile. Right? Warning number two, let the people go. Or with frogs. What? Harden his heart. Pow. 
There we go, frogs now, right? And two big inconveniences. Went to a third time. Okay, well, not even a third time. Didn't, a third time didn't happen, excuse me. Want to know why? Because the heart was already so hard. Noah God was like, I got to get your attention. Gnats everywhere, the dust. Can you imagine literally dust? Of, and then dust turned into gnats. It was, it was severe. It was, it was a big inconvenience. And so, again, we could choose our actions but not our consequences. And unfortunately, because a pharaoh chose to harden his heart, he didn't have any, any control <laughs> over the, act, over, over the uh, consequences. So much so the magicians couldn't imitate it. And they had to realize this is the finger of God. I can't do anything about it. Right? So, obedience, since this last time I preached, obedience is, 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 is key in pleasing the Lord. But you have to take heed to his, his word because guess what? He's always sending signs. He's always sending warning signs, red flags, right? We, we drive, we see little signs that say, there's a bump in the road, be, be careful. But usually some of us are going so fast and distracted by texting and going and doing here and going there that we miss that. And before we know, we're flying in the air because we just rolled over a big old bump, right? Or generally we may get in an accident because we didn't see or get a ticket because there was a sign that said, hire your fines here. It happened to me before, I promise, uh, right there on, uh, on I-10 passing uh, Clearview. A big old sign that said, uh, hire your fines start here. What I was doing? And guess what? Whoop, whoop. I said, oh, Lord, here we go again with this. How you doing, sir? God is good, right? <laughs> right. So, so you know, it, it happens, though, because we're distracted. There's warning signs we miss, warning signs we miss, right? Warning signs we miss. And constantly, Jesus, and God, he's showing us constant red flag. He's showing us these warning signs. But we ignore them. We ignore them so much. We, we, we ignore them so much. So all this to say is, again, God wants your attention. As the band comes up, I, w- I, want, I want to close with this as the band comes up. That we said at the beginning, right, that God, everything God does is to reveal himself, his glory, that we might see and know him. If you don't hear anything else from this sermon, I want you to think about this. That's what we said in the beginning. Uh, in the beginning. If you look at the, the story of Moses, right, Moses, baby, now was saved, raised up, prince, right, killed, slave, ran away. Finally, when he was, felt like he got his life together, he's in a comfort zone, he's chilling, everything's good. He's Gucci, right? I found a good life, found me a wife, everything's straight. And all of a sudden, he comes a burning bush in my face talking to me. And the Lord revealed to him what he wanted to do with him in his life. And Moses gave every single excuse why he could not, why he should not, right? And why he won't. Lord, I can't talk, right? I'm so scared. I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm this and I'm that. I'm, but, but catch this. The very thing Moses feared was the very thing that led him to victory. The very thing he feared, speaking, Right, being a leader, stepping up, the very thing he feared brought him to success and victory. If you, I don't know if you even caught this for the second play, it usually was Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh. Know what God told Moses? He said, Moses, Moses go to Pharaoh. 
God's plan is perfect even when we doubt it. And everything is done with his will, right, and his timing. But catch this. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in a day. God didn't say, oh, Moses, tomorrow you're going to be leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. Yeah, I would be scared too. But God's patience and his love and grace to trust him is even more real now. It took a while for Moses to get to the point where he led, right? But guess what? He did it. The very thing he was scared to do, right? The very thing he was scared to do. The very thing he was scared to do. And so we see right here, but while Moses wasn't ready, he was still being prepared. He was still being prepped. So how did Moses do all this? One, God got his attention. And his suffering, right? And his fear and his, him being ashamed when he got comfortable, when he thought, okay, I'm good now. Some time has passed. No one knows me here. I'm straight. Here comes a burning bush. God got his attention. Moses would have been a fool not to trust God's work, word, especially because he's seen God's work. He would have been just like Pharaoh. He would have been foolish to harden his heart and say, no, Lord, I seen, you, you, show me, you show me all these signs. You're doing all these things. Uh, uh, Aaron's staff did this, and, and you show me and there's gnats and there's frogs and, and the blood. Moses would have been foolish to ignore it all. But can you imagine if someone is super consistent with you, how much you believe them? If someone who says, I'm going to do this and they actually do it, you're going to be like, oh, they're solid. I don't have to worry about that no more. I know if they said it, I'm good. It's the same thing with God. Moses literally saw the hand of the Lord at work. So it would have been foolish of him to ignore all the signs the Lord was giving him to get his attention. So I want to ask you, what is the Lord telling you? What is he doing? To get, he's, he's trying to get your attention. Think about the things you struggle with. How can you trust him more? Will you make him Lord of all? Will you put him in a position to where you can really trust and see him? Again, they, these magicians, even in their own strength, realize that this is God. I, I, I can't do anything about this. These are some signs that we can't compare. We can't touch it. But Moses, he sat there and he, he let the Lord have his attention. He trusted God's word and what he was going to do because he's seen his work. And he realized that God was God and God alone. And that his plan of raising him up, of, of taking him out of Egypt, and all these places part of God's plan. And the more he trusted that, guess what? It became so much easier for him to step up and say, here we are. Or rather, here I am. So I want to challenge you this morning. What is stopping you from trusting God's word, especially when every single day you see his work on display? You see his work on display. So I want to encourage you this morning. If, you, if, it's, if you're struggling somewhere, it's a sign. He's trying to get your attention. 
If you're doubting somewhere, that's a sign. He wants to get your attention. If you feel like something is broken, that's a sign. He wants your full, undivided attention. And the more you trust that, the more you trust his word, the more you trust that because, that because he said it, I can believe it, the easier this journey of life will be. So again, will you make him Lord of all? And will you trust his word? Let's take a moment to pray. Uh, Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, for your strength and your power that we can trust you more. That everything you do, God, is to reveal your glory, Father God. And, and we know, God, we can trust your word because we've seen you work. We've seen you move. We've seen you, Father God. And we will be foolish to doubt you and what you can do. It may not happen in ways that we expect, but anything, Father God, that you can do is bigger than what we can imagine. So, God, you can blow our minds with what you want to reveal to us. You can renew our minds, Father God. Let the mind that's in Christ Jesus be in us. And it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing, Father God. So challenge us daily, God, to see you and to trust you. To trust you and see you and see you and trust you, Father. You are Lord of all and God and God alone. And we receive that this morning. You don't need any help from us. All you want us to receive the glory. And we're here to give that to you. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.